Welcome to the Games Revealed Podcast, brought to you by Bunny Strike Studios. This is James. This is Tyson. And this is Shagwa. And we are all in-house again, the three amigos right here. And we are going to bring you a special spooky, scary podcast today. And it's a hollow, our first Halloween special, with many more to come in the future. Spooky, scary sound. Yeah, you guys are not invited to the werewolf bar mitzvah afterwards. So It's where, you know, boys become in. <laughs> Men become wolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I'm just thinking about that. You just <laughs> threw me off hard. <laughs> Boys become men. And we're sued. Nailed it. Shout out to Tracy Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen uh, 30 Rock, uh, especially that Halloween episode, definitely give it some uh, give it some because yeah, that's, that's a great jam. That is a good one. That is definitely a good one. <laughs> the topic for today is essentially cults in games. We went with religions, but they pretty much came down to cults. Everything that we're going to talk about today is technically a cult. Yeah, because especially now that the you know the game history is out and everybody knows the final ending of these cults, they definitely start out as religions, or I feel like most of them probably do, but then they always turn into a cult. Well, In the be, end, it's a cult. Let's be real. If anyone is part of a group or organization that you don't 100% agree or identify with, it's a, it's a cult. Yeah. That's the world we live in. So I yeah. feel like we're good. We're loose with the definition. It's going to be fine. Yeah, no, well, a cult is meant to be, like, a subgroup of another religion or, a like, um, it's not a populace, from my understanding, religion. Um, a cult is a little different, obviously. Right. They, oh, yeah, a cult is different than... Yeah, it, it is, and then religions are usually more mainstream. Uh, the, the lines blur so much because I looked into this a few years, and, yeah, when it comes down to it, when we say cults, it's the scary kind. Yeah, either way, just know they're not going to be ones that you're going to want to, you know go-to on Thursdays for coffee and donuts. You might want to flirt with them a little bit. Who knows if they have some free cookies or coffee there. Yeah. But, you know, just flirting, it's not its not a big deal, you know. Free You're cookies. not going to get converted. You're not going to start paying for those levels yeah. and then leveling up. Free cookies, free coffee, group sex. What's to lose, you know? Hey, my name is Tyson. I'm an alcoholic. Now I'm getting banged by uh, this dude. Another alcoholic. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> I thought there were going to be girls. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, and that's the thing, and that's, I think, what I've really liked about games that have these religions, especially the ones that go maybe death or very authoritarian, um, it's just the the thought behind them, because we even have some in today's world where they're kind of real, like with Scientology, where they're not, it's not a death cult, but we've had other ones that are death cults, and they're not around anymore because it's a death cult. Yeah, like uh, uh, mad shout out to a last podcast on the left, though. No affiliation, but uh, we all are big fans of it. Mm. We love listening about those cults. So what's even more fun is when they can take it to that next level in the video games and give you that satisfaction as well. (laughs) So going into why we're all here, Dead Space, we talked about how we were going to cover Unitology a little bit more. And in this case, we are. We're going to be following the essentially where it all started to pretty much where it ended. We won't cover anything too in-depth on this, but um, Unitology is definitely one worth looking into because it's more of a it's a mind-control conversion to meat, you know, a meat pod. That's yeah. essentially what Unitology is. Yeah, because it's very peaceful. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to make choices anymore because someone's controlling you. So you just get to, you know... 
have this blissful, ignorant uh, universe of being in a meat man. Hopefully you're just trapped inside the meat, so you have all your thoughts and terrors and fears just going a million miles an hour while you're in this body that you can't control. That's Half-Life zombies. Oh, per- so perfect. <laughs> Two religions. I feel like I'm going to bring that up so much. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like that's all you're that's all you're going for in the end of, of Unitology is just just your meat puppet, your meat sock. So before we researched all this a couple of months ago, I didn't realize how far back the markers go on on Earth. So on Earth, the first one, um, the first marker, which is the black markers, which is what the brother and moon shoot out every once in a while when they go in their dormant um, state. They shoot out black markers to hopefully hit a planet to then start an, um, to start a conversion, um, you know, converting. And, and if there's any like uh, species or anything like that, that it can cohere over to, you know, become a convergence. And then, you know, obviously make another brother and moon. And that's the whole point of brother moons is to make more brother and moons. Yeah. And the black marker hit Earth. um, Killing off a lot of the dinosaurs. It was the asteroid that hit the Earth. It went into the ocean. And it supposedly, at least in the docs that I wrote or read, it actually affected some of the evolution of humanity. And that's what it tends to do. And to what point, I don't know if we'll ever find out why it really needs to do that. Well, so, because they find, at least from what I was reading, is they, uh, it, it affects the evolution of humanity because it gives them basically the intelligence or the, the information or yeah. the blueprints on how to, like, get their, get that okay, uh, yeah. never-ending power. Because that's what the marker is offering is that electromagnetic, not, I don't think it's a pulse, but a field or something, and that basically emits free power forever as long as you can find a way to harness it so i think that's what it is is they drive their evolution of technology like further and more advanced get them to a point where they're doing great and i think it's probably to do something with like populating the earth too because the more better you're doing the more civilized you are i think the more people that, that are sense, on yeah. the planet and boom the most meat you get for your buck man at that point it's bargain dollar meat at the bargain mart man fire sale fire sale and meat going meat. Is going, yeah. All sell. all meat must go. Exactly. So, after that whole event, it it goes for quite a ways through human history until Michael Altman, who was one of the scientists. Um, I can't. I don't. I don't remember if he's the one that found it or if he's part of the founding uh, team that found it in the ocean. And they essentially start researching it. They have a research station down there. Um. And this is the worst part is that he was essentially made into a prophet by his death. So like the earth gov and or some people from the earth gov didn't like what was going on with it uh, in the sense of like what he's trying to do. He's trying to prevent, you know, um, one of those convergence of happening. Mm -hmm. So Michael Altman's pretty much the good guy in this whole story trying to prevent this convergence, trying to prevent everything going down where the research station went. Um, everyone there was just either they were mind controlled to kill each other, to start building, you know, meat suits. And, <laughs> and he was trying to stop it. And a couple of people from the, the earth gov did not like that, killed him. Then they turned it around and uh, he became the prophet. Yeah. They essentially did the worst thing possible 
to this guy who was trying to save humanity, who did there for a while, and they turn him into the prophet of the church that worships their demise. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, that literally is the worst thing. Because, like, if you're fighting something, normally the threat is, is, like, we'll just wipe you from the history books, you know? Like, no one will ever know your name or anything like that. But, no, rather than that even hiding anything that they were trying to cover up. And while making this a successful religion, they're like, now nah, let's actually take him and make him the martyr. He's the one that freaking made this all happen. He's the prophet. So what a shitty turn of events for him to try so hard and fight them. And then just to get turned into their pawn, their puppet in the end, even, even yeah. though he's not dead or he's dead, he's dead. The worst thing that you could do to someone's memory is do that. I think where he adamantly was going against it. Then you died. He becomes the founder and the prophet and the person that leads everyone on to the demise of humanity. It's just <laughs> that's a kick in the dick. That is a that, that is just I that really caught me on this one. And essentially, unitology is formed. Their whole premise is you know transformation and rebirth. You know we're gonna be going to a better place kind of thing. You know a lot of most of these churches kind of follow that like better place or going to paradise or along those those routes and that's kind of that's how they go they uh they just worship the the markers and it, everything leads into as the unitology um continues to grow over the years we lead into the dead space series and that's when we finally get into dead space where um the convergences start to happen and a lot of you know pretty much at the end of dead space 3 Everything went to shit and probably doomed. Everyone's doomed. And Michael Altman is at the head of that, even though he was adamantly against it. And that, at least at the very least, is like the timeline that I came up with for Dead Space's um, unitology. Yeah. And it's it's basically at the end, you know, all of that stuff is just lore you're getting from picking up documents or logs or audio files that you're gathering from it. Cause it's stuff that's already happened, already established yep. during the end where it's convergence time. Everything has led up to that point and you're trying to stop it, yeah. but just wild to be part of that religion and think that everything's going to be fine and we're all going to be one and everything's going to be peaceful. And, and the way you go into that convergence is the most violent, terrifying, scary thing that you could probably ever ever imagine yeah those are like the two things you'll super notice with a lot of these we'll talk about is that a lot of the details about them are buried in the lore because they're tools to get you into the setting of what's happening in the events in the game you're playing so they'll give you a little bit of information about it because it's relevant to the story but if you want to really really like get the details of these cults you kind of have to go looking um and then the other thing is this where it's like the end justifies the means you know what i mean yeah. like there's this whole righteous viewpoint of like but at the end though we'll have that peace so meanwhile i can do all of these things yeah we didn't explain that peace was going to just be meat pods floating over the universe and and finally not doing anything because there's nothing left to kill very yeah. peaceful you didn't know peace is what we called those aliens in abe's odyssey that were food for the other aliens <laughs> <Peace>. <laughs> well i mean gaia is there anything different between this you become part of the earth again yeah, you become see? part of the blood moon again. Yeah. I've always wanted yeah. to be a big floating moon in space. 
Right. But, you know, people say they want to be an Apache helicopter or something. I just want to be a meat moon. I just want to be something bigger than myself, you know? I want to be a part of something bigger than I want, myself. I want to be a part of something bigger, Like you know? a moon made of meat? I mean, yeah, technically that fits. I like meat. I like <laughs> moons. What do, what do they do? What do they do, though? Oh, they make things so peaceful. Like, you could hear crickets chirping if they existed. You could hear deer, like, running through the woods if they existed. Very peaceful. <laughs> But I like how it all works with, uh, in the end, it's that mind control. And that kind of is like a perfect uh, segue into the next one, which is Resident Evil 4, uh, the Los Illuminados. And that whole thing is based 100% around uh, mind control, but not initially. So that's where it uh, eventually evolved into. And so their whole thing is just around uh, these, I don't even know what, what would, what's Plagas in English. Because it's not plague. Uh, I don't know. Parasite, I guess. Yeah, there we it's go. It's probably parasite because that's what they are. Yeah, um, and it's just a parasite that that uh, takes over your host. But there's a way that you can control them, and it, and it was destroyed um, by uh, by the Salazars, by the Salazar family line, because they pushed Catholicism, and they knew that the the Las Plagas were uh, moving in a in a takeover type of a way. <laughs> so the old family line of the Salazars uh, actually. Knocked them out, destroyed them, took the Plaguses that remained and kept them under their threshold. And then Sadler or Sadler comes along, convinces uh, the new Salazar. I forget that little midget's name, his first name, uh, but convinces him to let him let, let him have access to it and uh, and reestablishes uh, that religion, I guess, or that cult. Uh, but they were um, initially established in Iberia thousands of years ago and just completely revolved around the Plaga worship everything was around them and what they could do and obviously what we've seen them do they're pretty brutal they, they are and and it's one of those things like uh it's weird how resident evil 4 brought this in where it's very different compared to the other resident evils oh so different where i was even confused when i first started playing I'm like oh is this a different strain no it's a different type of virus essentially yeah. but it's a parasite obviously mm -hmm. not a virus but and then of course you know umbrella core they definitely are going to want to manipulate that what, oh yeah. What better than an already already bioweapon that exists? Imagine how much stronger they could make that. Yep. And uh that's and that's what's creepy is that and that's what makes this uh, a cult but then almost a death cult where they live forever but as what? Cuz when they I I never got this about the game but you you see the villagers and they're all normal and everything they start attacking you they can speak but then when they hit a certain threshold they turn into creatures. Yeah. And I don't know what makes them, uh, what made them explode or whatever. Whether that's the mind control, because oh yeah, so uh, Sadler, he's a he's a biogeneticist. So he gets this thing established, gets it, uh, finds it in some hosts, you know, um, where where it was able to reestablish in human hosts, uh, and then changes it on a genetic level so that he can uh, use mind control for the lower subspecies. So that yeah. new strain he infects. Uh, to all of the lower people, and I think that's what he wants in the end. Not necessarily destruction or death in the end, but he just wants to be the guy that's on top <laughs> and maybe has a couple of guys that, you know, he kind of trusts, but he could still kill. And then everybody else is just and that's a hive mind. For the most part, makes it like a coal hive mind. Oh, yeah. Thing. It's almost like, it's almost an alien hive mind, but still has human elements of a coal and a, almost a religion. Yeah, because they can, it seems like they can still function uh, for the most part until... I think that thing like 
sees something's going on. He's like, all right, no, you do this. And then it's just full control. Because it seems like they have some type of autonomy themselves. They do. And I wonder if they could revert back, but I don't I don't know. That's the part. You never see that because you're supposed to kill everything that, you know, turns yeah. into a tentacle monster. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't have time. You, you got to get Ashley. Leon. Leon. Yeah, it's a mission to save the president's daughter, so. Shoot first, ask questions later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, very simple uh, uh, religion, but so crazy. And they definitely have an hi a hierarchy as you progress through the game. They've got uh, priests and uh, people in different color robes, which kind of make you think there is a hierarchy. Because yeah. they got the black, the red, the purple robes. And some guy's got those special hats, so you know he's a higher up somehow. Uh, so they still have that, that hierarchy. But uh, yeah, in the end, it's just... I want my life to be great, and I want all these people to do exactly as I want. Yeah, and, and they have different goals, too. They have a plan A and a plan B. Yeah. Plan A was to take Ashley um, and affect her, take her back to uh, America, and then eventually start to affect and influence the American yep. system to then take over the world. Because they do want to take over the world. Yeah, they want the whole that thing. That was the whole thing. That was plan A. Plan yep. B was they were starting to do a massive military and a militia um, with a boat. And that's where Ada Wong comes in. I believe she blows up the boat, and she has her own interests to get the the parasite for uh, Wesker. And so she's there, and she disrupts his plan B is essentially what is what. That's why they don't have a military, and that whole militia is just gone. Yeah, they got they got whooped pretty early. Yeah, it's a, thank goodness they stopped the Doomsday Cult because you know the alternate history wouldn't be so great. <laughs> uh, so another one that's kind of similar to that where. It doesn't have the hierarchy, but it is like another doomsday cult is um, the reunion from Final Fantasy. Now, some of you might think this is a stretch, but I'm going to kind of give it to you more in analogous terms so it makes a bit more sense. But effectively, you have this uh, god figure, Genova, that's been around for over a thousand years. And this company, Shinra, digs it up and is doing all these uh, research experiments on the corpse. And they actually mistake it. It's an identity and assume it's a, a member of an ancient civilization. Um, through their research, they do find out later that it is like an alien on the planet, not a part of the history of their world that they thought it was. But in their experiments, they've been injecting cells into everybody. And as they inject them with these cells, what they're effectively trying to do is create super soldiers because Shinra is a very take-over-the-world type organization, but they're not, the, they're not the cult. They're just like a greedy company that wants to own everything, like well, others that we'll leave unnamed. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of these... Experimental soldiers were complete failures. There were only a handful that were like considered to be successes, and even of those handful, only one that was considered to be a true success. He becomes your kind of prophet figure in this cult. So you have this guy, Sephiroth, and he learns... Everything was kept secret from the people that were experimented on. He learns of the true nature of what he is and the other uh, people or creatures that were experimented on. And so he goes out and begins searching... Um, for a couple of things, basically trying to reconcile his past with the identity of the alien thing, Genova, that is in, you know, basically his God. And then what he decides is he learns why the alien came, what its intentions were. He goes, I'm going to be the new alien. I'm going to take us to the promised land. So he uses all these genes that have been put into any villagers or other dudes that have been infected with the, the experimental genes and is now able to manipulate them mentally 
to do his bidding. And what his bidding is, is to bring him what effectively is a summoning stone so he can summon a giant meteor from space to crash into the planet, <clears throat> inflicting a big enough damage on the planet that the planet will then have to respond trying to heal itself. And in that moment, he can uh, force himself into what's called the live stream in this game and uh, become one with the planet. And then he becomes the next Genova and is going to lead all the inhabitants of that planet to the promised land. But really it's like the end of all life on the planet as we know it. Yeah. Um, so effectively the cult members in this are the um, failed experiments and infected people. Um, there is manipulation and mind control involved, but they all wear black robes. They all have numbers tattooed on their arms. They all like mutter and groan like they're hella doped out. Like, you know, you can't even form sentences. So when you try and talk to them throughout the game, it's just eerie and weird and they don't make any sense. And as the game progresses, you you come across them more until the end. They're literally all just converging on this um, impact site of, an, of when Genova originally came. And it's just kind of a cool, I always like that element of it. It's a very convoluted game, and I can't go into much more detail with that without having to explain, like, the game, which would take, like, five podcasts in itself. <laughs> yeah, it's a very but, complicated game. Yeah, sorry, I keep it in the mic here, too. But it's just a cool element to have. One of the things I really liked about the Prophet figure in particular is a character who really believes in the thing that he's doing and believes that it's a good thing. And it makes it... Not that you believe him, but you can relate to the bad guy's point of view. And it just makes him a much more interesting bad guy. Um, but that's like one of my favorite cults that I've come across in video games, although a little bit kind of a step away from your traditional style of them. Well, it definitely seems like a, a super longevity. Uh, what's the word? Longevity. That's not the right word I'm looking for. Uh, it's been around for a long time. Like, it's it's not something that just popped up like... The markers, like I know the marker had been around for, you know, it's what killed the dinosaurs, but they didn't find that shit until pretty recently. It's only been like a few hundred years that unitology has kind of like made its made its way. Whereas Final Fantasy seems like it's literally been around for as long as that world has existed. And like it's kind there. of a mix of both because it's a forgotten history. And so it's new in the sense that like the modern peoples are just now discovering all of this stuff. But ancient um, civilizations, yeah, the ancient civilization. Right? Well, they did, they were enemies to it. It was an invader on. Well, their yeah, own but planet. they. I guess they but knew yes. about it, you know, yep. or something. Like it's been around for so long. Whereas I know they have as well, but on our planet, they've only been there. Yeah, for exactly. A right. little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's the difference. And Final Fantasy in, in itself is such a uh, Final Fantasy VII. That is is such a broad world, especially when you get past the first area. It's. It's very interesting to run into um, the Sephiroth and all those guys, and so yeah, I just like I just like that lore where it's been around a while. Like it's more established. It feels like uh, feels solid. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't feel like it got not that Unitology or any of the other ones that we've talked about like feel made up or anything, but it just adds to the legitimacy of it. I guess is well, in like, my mind. Yeah, I'm with you because it's like eating, right? It's like. You can eat ramen and you can like ramen, but it's not the same as reading like a rich or eating, sorry, like a rich, delicious food. Like it has its place, but the more that there is to consider and think about, the more fulfilling that meal is going to be. And that's the same with like yeah. the lore and stories and games. It's like you, you don't have to blast me in the face with all the lore and history and all that. But when it's there for me to discover, it just enhances everything all around. Yeah. Okay, let's take a break and listen to one of our great sponsors. And we're back. And with that, we're going to move on to the next game that we have on our list, which is Fallout 4. 
Well, it's not Fallout 4. It's Fallout Children of the Atom. And you find them in 3 and 4, I believe, are the two places that I've encountered them at the very least. Um, I can't remember if they're in 1 and 2 at all, but I know that when you first meet them, according to what I know (laughs) and what I looked into, Megatown in Fallout 3 is where you meet these guys, and they're just they're filthy, laying out in this pool of water that's right next to this atom bomb that's the city's built around. And they're usually mutants, right? Because they're so close to the radiation no. or something? No, they're actually... Mockingbird. They're actually not mutants. Um, no, they they're, they usually die from radiation poisoning, and they actually see that as a... That's the best way to go. They see uh, the warm embrace of of the atom and its radiation. And that's that's the thing that they... It's a very simple cult, actually. But um, I think a part of that is because they only live to do one thing, and that's worship the atom bomb and the atom itself. And they believe that like when the atom splits, multiple universes come into fruition. And it's it as you look into it more and more, like in the third one, it's a pretty simple one, but I know that always resonated with me in like how crazy people can be in video games. So when I played Fallout 3, you know, forever ago, when I saw those guys, I'm like, there's that just seems so fake. But now that I'm a little older, I'm like, ah. I can see people go down that route of worshiping the atom and the radiation because these guys, they, um, when they're around the atom, they feel the radiation. They feel like it's uh, pretty much they're, them, I don't know about communicating, but feeling God's love almost. Protecting them. It's like the spirit. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like like feeling God's love kind of thing is what the radiation is when it's really just killing them. Yeah. And <laughs> when they die and that's how they die, they see that as a very good thing. But but this is where the mutant thing comes in. And I think we learn more about this in 4, but when someone mutates and becomes a mutant, they act, it's actually seen as like, or like a, a ghoul is what they are. When they turn yeah, into a ghoul, ghoul um, they are forsaken. They're atoms forsaken, where... They probably did something. They they at least believe this that they did something wrong and that they're forever marked to walk the face of the earth because ghouls will live. I think if not forever, for a very long time. Yeah, much longer time. And they're marked, so they're kind of they're either usually kicked out is what it is. I don't think they usually kill them. I think they kick them out. And so and you will encounter, I believe, one ghoul that still believes, but also is in this dilemma of. He feels like he's done wrong, so he's, you know, having to deal with that in his personal life where he's like, you know, have to live forever thinking that he did something wrong, but he didn't. And they kicked him out because he's a believer. And so, yeah, that's that's essentially it. They're kind of like a death cult at times, at least the one in, and they have different sex too. Like the one in uh, Fallout 4. I hope they have different sex, like missionary let's <laughs> position uh, no they have different sex and in uh, Fallout 4 in Boston there's an island off of Boston I believe and this is where you run into the, like their main group you'll run th- you'll um, run into Far them every Harbor. once in a while yeah and then you'll is it Far Harbor is the place I think so Um, that's probably the deal is it a DLC uh, looks like it's uh, they appear in Fallout Three, and it's uh, in an add-on Broken Steel as well as Fallout Four, and it's add-on Far Harbor. Yeah, that that's probably where it is because they're they've made themselves a base inside of uh, 
essentially a nuclear sub um, housing area where there's a nuke sub with missiles still on board. And one of the things that you can choose to do is, um, and I think the leader wants you to do this, is kill everyone with the missiles. Yeah, I'd probably do it. And that's where it becomes a death cult. Where because they were killed by like these atom because maybe they were atom bombs I can't remember but like they were killed by their god oh yeah and they were which brought is into the, which the, is the atom bomb <laughs> yep and so it it is just it's just crazy how simple this cult is but how much that they really are affected by just one atom bomb that happened to be there and I don't know if it if it started from Megatown but that's what it is they just. An atom bomb was there. We're going to create a religion out of it. And then different sects decide to choose how they kind of go about it. If some worship a harsher, like in four, Fallout 4, where they'll even willing to kill you to protect their island and stuff like that. But Fallout 3, they were more peaceful and they were preaching and they tried to preach the gospel of the atom. And it, the people that make these games, the, the developers did a really good job making it feel like it was... Um, a real enough cult in the world. What type? It fits the world very well. Yeah, so much in the fact that they use gamma weapons. <laughs> only use that radiation <laughs> weapon. Yeah, type of stuff. That's true. They do. <laughs> they only use uh, certain types of weapons. But if you think about that atom bomb and that radiation, when you first walked into an area and you got that radiation reading, what did you initially do? Did you keep going into it or did you GTFO? Um, I just enjoyed the radiation. Just like let it soak in. Well, I know for me, I got the heck out of there. So that's like a protector, man. Even most animals, creatures, yep. they start feeling that. It's like protection. So, and as with any god, right? There are negatives. It's th- he's going to challenge you. I'm going to give you rad poisoning. You're going to die. But can you make it all the way to the end, huh, bud? I'm I'm just surprised it's not the other way around. Like you'd think that the whole point would be to become a ghoul and live forever. That's what I thought. <laughs> I thought they were all ghouls. But maybe it's because the cosmetics of it all, right? Like like nobody wants to just be down with how a ghoul looks. So they're or like feels. Nah, even though that makes more sense, let's just let's dying's the you want to die. Let's die. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, you look at the way ghouls look, they don't look comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well and then um Going into the God being both good and evil kind of thing, because that's kind of how the bomb is, the atom bomb a little bit is, it has its, at least in their minds, it has their good, it has its goods, but then you you die early, maybe a bad. The Order in Silent Hill, um, their God in that is a very complicated God. As you watch some documentaries and some other stuff on it, um, how that God f- it, you, is visible in some of the games can either be an angelic figure or it can be this satanic-looking um, creature. So it has this both, like, good and bad. And in the Order, they believe um, more in the chaos and order kind of thing, where you have to have good and evil, and this god is both good and evil. And it's it really is weird how the Order goes. Like, I didn't know much about um, the Silent Hill Order. When I played the Silent Hills in the past, I didn't really think about it too much as a as I guess a cult game, but it really is. It's all it is. And I, I just was a stupid kid or something because <laughs> it's 
crazy. That's just all it is. I've never taken it like uh, and and going back through and like reviewing some of the games that we loved as kids has definitely opened my eyes to how much that I missed in these games, and that's for sure. I didn't play much of Silent Hill, uh, but I never would have got a religion or a cult out of there. I was more worried about finding another pipe to beat down a monster ghost that keeps coming back (laughs) and breaking my damn pipe, making me need to get a new pipe. Yep, no, that's exactly, exactly how I was too, because like with Resident Evil, when I played Resident Evil 1, I got done with it. I understood the plot almost 100%. Obviously, I'm missing some things as a kid, but Silent Hill... I played through it and missed a lot of things. I bet I bet you didn't know Barry liked Colt Pythons. Uh, I think <laughs> if you if you didn't leave that game with that knowledge, you didn't pay attention at all. Who's Barry? No. Wait, Barry wasn't in that. I think that's a Goldberg. Carrie from the mod? <laughs> Carrie from the mod. <laughs> but uh, the order, it was formed... Um, a couple hundred years ago, as I hit the mic a bunch of different times, and this is getting... Yeah, we apologize, guys. We've hit the mic more on this episode than, like, yeah. every other episode. because I'm moving my hands. I'm, like, 200% <laughs> hit my mic, and I'm mm-hmm. usually pretty good at that. I don't know what to do with my hands. I just like to give 110%. <laughs> this is where we need video now. Uh, probably. I just thought it was crazy how they how they brought their god into being and, like, how that all initially started, like... Um, so those humans, they were just, they, they just existed. There was no time reference of time that didn't exist. (laughs) Nothing existed except for suffering and pain. And then they willed a God into existence with some sacrifices and God was made. And they're like, well, you know, here I am and we're going to do this stuff like that to me blew my mind. Yeah. Cause time didn't exist. Yeah. Time didn't even exist. So here they are in suffering for how long? Time didn't exist. Like, how long were they suffering before they're like, let's get a reference of time. Oh, shit. We've been suffering for a really, now, really long this time. This is according to their lore and yeah, their, yeah. their writings, which I, even playing in the game, I, I don't feel like it's real. I feel like this is really, they're just a satanic cult and don't realize it. Yeah. That's but it's just really crazy it to, like. that idea. They're just like, yeah, you you hated life forever. And, and then we got a god. In the beginning. And, and he's kind of a Humanity dick sometimes. was good because they had <laughs> infinity, but then because of wars and stuff like that, I'm like, but then how do people die if they're immortal? And then, yeah, I just... Yeah, it's so some crazy. Some of the stuff, I'm like, I don't understand this, and then this god comes into being, it's like, okay, we're going to add time in, and then we're going to have a paradise. But before the paradise is really created... Oh, no, I'm I, dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. But Ugh. I'll be back, though, guys, and it'll be great. I'll usher you into the paradise, but I'm dying. I'll be back. And it comes back as a, a in monster. In the sequel. <laughs> in the next one. In the next And one. then just turns out to be Floki-like, where he's just like, eh, you know, I was nice. Let's see what it's like to be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> they live with suffering and, and sacrifice for all this time. But Let's give them a little bit more. <laughs> another reason why I think it's a, uh, maybe Satan or a more demonic spirit that's, that's um, effing with them is that... Well, the, the the people that created Silent Hill, the the town in Maine, they uh, ran off the natives, probably killing some of them. And they even this religion is based on some of the teaching or some of the, re- the religions of that Native American uh, group. You so, don't mess with Native American burial grounds. That's how you get haunted. That's ex- exactly. It's just it's crazy that that's part of the lore. Is that. They took someone else's, at least part of it, because obviously yeah. it has some influences some, with some other religions, like all these game religions do. But, yeah, they stole a Native American religion, and then I think they're more cursed for it than anything. I feel like they're just cursed, and they don't realize it. 
<laughs> yeah, it's probably just hell, honestly. That they're, religion they're, was not taking whole... new members, and they're <laughs> very upset that they have new members. <laughs> it, it probably is just hell, and they're like, the whole thing is to try and, you know, like, make it to heaven. But what they don't realize is they're in hell, forever in hell, thinking they can make it to heaven, and that they're not in hell. But they're in hell. <laughs> they so make their own hell. Hell, hell. And, yeah, that's the thing. You go through that game, you're like, this is just freaky as can be. And they, they really... I just don't get how they don't realize that they're the bad guys in this. The The whole point, though, is that they're trying to um, get kind of like a Virgin Mary birth to their God is what they're trying to do. Yeah. In the first one, I believe. I don't know if they try to do it again in the second or third. I, I think they have different vessels, and that's where the different forms of God come from. <clears throat> and it's just it, it's crazy that they succeed. Like this creature comes out of this. Um, it's always a girl, obviously, but depending on which, uh, which person brings the creature, you know, they they have one that's like this heavenly figure. Then they have another one that comes out of the back of this girl. That's the demonic one that looks like a Satan, the satanic churches, uh, Satan. So, so is pyramid pyramid head. Is he like Michael? Is he like the archangel Michael, (laughs) the the right hand of this crazy made up God? (laughs) And um, they're just like, torture the people. Torch of them, Pyramid Head. <laughs> with, with the Silent Hill, he's one of the followers, I believe, and he's just meant to be, like, a more buff guy. I don't know if he was ever, like, in the lore, I don't, I didn't see anything about a Pyramid Head, but he's the thing that freaks me out about that game the most. Yeah. Honestly, every uh, foggy day outside in real life, I always think Silent Hill. And, you know, there's going to be some Pyramid Head carrying a big-ass sword, buster sword coming <laughs> at me. Yeah, it's, like, I've seen it at cosplays before. Or, or not cosplays, but cosplays doing it at, like, Comic-Cons and stuff like that, where that freaked me out, legitimately. The one thing that freaks me out those things the most probably is the Pyramid Head guy, because for, uh, they probably were my nightmares when I was young. I don't remember the nightmares, but... Out of all out. of them that we've talked about so far, Pyramid Head is still the leading candidate to murder me in my terror dreams. So if you guys are dressed as Pyramid Head and you see Tyson and James at Comic-Con, make sure to, uh, 15 yards away... But consistently stay behind them for the entirety of the Comic Con. <laughs> I can agree with these terms. Every time they look back, there's Pyramid Head. Just anywhere that they are, you be there in the background watching them. Yep. Don't move. Just look Just right at sure them. Just make sure you are dead stone statue and stare at them. Yeah, hold dead still. And if they get brave enough to walk up to you as like a, trying to flex on you or something, like hold statue still. Don't move. And then start moving, like, then, right as they're in your face. And then when Tyson <laughs> hits you, call the police and get him arrested for assault. <laughs> yeah, and so <laughs> you just hear a boo. Hey, Mother Trucker, I'm calling the cops. <laughs> you so just struck me. When and, th- and this is one of those religions where the god exists after the, the humans, after the worshipers. The god is created, essentially is brought into existence after. And then with that, this God creates the angels and the de- and some of the deities that are also mentioned in the lore. It's a very complicated um, lore, actually. And it's, it's very fascinating, and I definitely recommend um, listeners to look into it more because we're not going to be able to cover everything. It's yeah. just too vast. But it is, I think it's one of the freakiest ones because it, it seems like at any waking day, living in that cult is going to be hell. Oh, yeah. Just because you just look at them like, I, I just can't believe that's, they've got to be in horribly mental declined states to be, even be able to go on with life. Can you imagine, sense. can you imagine a confessional in that cult? You walk into the room, 
you do the little, you know, the order sign, which is, you know, just like a, like some stapled tax forms or something. It's very, oh in or- it's very in order. It's very in order. And you go, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Uh, I burned uh, some uh, believer at the stake, and uh, I shouldn't have burned them because they were a believer and not a non-believer. And then Pyramid Head just slams through the confessional. <laughs> Whatever you do pisses people off. It just brings Pyramid Head, and he fucking kills you. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I'm oh, here to yeah. confess and Pyramid Head. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and there, and so, like, this, the order does have... Um, different levels they have like a high council they have a mother circle daughter circle servant circle and it's usually the founders like the founding group of the order is usually the mother the founding group yeah is the mother and then any second generations that come off from it is the daughter circle and then any third generations that um come from that group is considered the servant circle um but with the order and with how uh, crazy and structured they can be, they are almost like a real religion in a lot of ways. They really are. Yeah, and that's what gets really scary for me and which really gets us lined up for the next one is uh, bringing in Outlast 2, the Testament of the New Ezekiel, because it's very, very much real. And I think th- why this one is super scary to me, because I tried playing this and I didn't. I don't even know if I made it halfway through, but when it comes down to... Not just uh, just crazy shit or scary stuff, but when it comes from a place of religion and that's what's being forced upon you, makes me think about, again, all of those podcasts I listened to about the cults and the religions and what they did to you and what they did to keep you in freaked me out. And so where this one comes in, the Testament of the New Ezekiel, the religion that's in Outlast 2, uh, really fits that to the point where it it's just terrifying. And how it comes across is it starts with this fella, um, Noth, and he he is listening to a late night radio station in his car late one night trying to find answers himself i guess finds this late night preacher listening to what he says and nothing is really coming off that means anything to him but as he's listening to it he can start to hear these messages under the static and and he starts listening more to the static than he is listening to the preacher and then that's where the voice comes in and starts telling him hey buddy you're the new you're the new prophet you're the guy that's going to be able to give people, you know, what you're looking for, the hope, the message. So it starts out good because he's looking for something, or at least in my research, it starts out f- somewhere from a from a good point of view or somewhere with good intentions. But as we all know, it's always going to turn nasty, especially in video games, which this one does not disappoint. Definitely doesn't disappoint. Very gross. No, I mean, like, Outlast is just... They're the pinnacle almost of horror. Oh, that's yeah. the whole game. The, the whole game is horror. Yeah. And if you played the first one, Insane Asylum, awesome. Obviously, Insane Asylum, where else is it going to be? But Backwoods, Arizona, with some crazy-ass cult members riddled with SIDS, or should I say STDs, <laughs> <laughs> and just and just trailing in, and horrific monsters as well. Some of the, gar- like the actual uh, guardians of the, that village, like Marta, She's the big, crazy, creepy bitch that just mutters religious sayings while she's murdering you. Any interaction with that bitch is you're dead. And they have an executioner. They have their own executioner besides Marta. She's not even the one that does all the killing. So just freaky running through there. But anyway, so the religion starts off super nice. Uh, he, he, he calls it the Testament of the New Ezekiel. 
and he has this vision very much like the vision uh, vision that Ezekiel, the biblical prophet, had um, with a multi-faced uh, personage, a beast or something uh, with wheels that wrapped it up, uh, wheels within wheels. So that's where that name of that religion comes from. So not only does it come from something in the real world, but is taking place in very in very much the way religions do pop up, you know, starting very naturally. Um, but eventually he, you know, he gets super horny. Uh, but this doesn't happen for a while. He just wants to <laughs> repopulate because this, this voice told him, hey, paradise, that's going to be yours, man. Get a following so you can bring that following to paradise. So he starts just telling women to start breeding, like, let's get some kids out. We're going to have the paradise. We're going to need people. He even starts donating his seed, not via the, the movement that you would think. I think he literally is donating his seed to these women, not, not delivering it via original methods. <laughs> um, but, you know, over time, he starts seeing these gals, and he starts getting a little a little excited. And the voice tells him, uh, when he asks the voice, he's like, I'm attracted to this. How do I handle this? He goes, you're free, buddy. Go ahead and slay the ladies. So he gets going. Boom. Full full bore. Tells everybody else, yeah, everything's cool. Go ahead and do what I'm doing. Incest is legal now. Because, you know, we got we to gotta get these kids out there. So now it's a religion that's spawned all around just sex. Everyone's riddled with gonorrhea. And syphilis to the point where they have their own uh, ghouls, like in Fallout. Mm -hmm. They have the Scald. And these are the people that are so crippled from these diseases because he's not given medication. And he's not even telling people that's what they have. They're just Scald. Uh, you'll wait for, for sa salvation later. But they just send them to these camps to wait out death while they're dying from all these STDs. But he's getting medication. But he's not sharing it with anybody else. And that's literally how this started. A man looking for God, finds some message in the radio, and then starts a, a religion looking for paradise, and then slowly turns to sex, incest, disgusting shit, and then the voice tells him, the Antichrist, you're ready for your next purpose. The Antichrist will be born. It's going to be among your flock. Kill those kids. <laughs> so now he's just killing kids. So he's killing all of his kids. And uh, in the end, everybody drinks cyanide. Very Heaven's Gate-esque as far yeah. as this religion goes. It's like, hey, will you, like, make a population for me? Okay, now kill him. Yeah. It's just a test. Just I wanted to see what would happen yeah. if, if I asked. Turns out paradise is after death. <laughs> I'm sending an Antichrist down. One of them's going to be in your flock. Just so you know, I put it in there as a surprise. Kill it. Yeah. Psych. <laughs> no, but... but What's crazy about this religion is that I feel like it could be, it's so close to being one of the real ones. Oh, I mean, Heaven's Gate alone. It's like, it's almost, it's almost perfect. It's so close to so many. And that's what freaks me out is this type of stuff going yeah. on. And you you know, there's got to be a couple of secret ones just, you know, out there somewhere. Oh yeah. Minor, minority groups where there's only like a hundred or 200 members in some secluded part of that country or something. That's their only, you know, church or location, but they're doing it. You know, I guarantee they're all over there. Crazy. If we can think of it, I think it's happening. Podcast idea. We're going to go visit all the really small towns in the south and just see if we can find one. Oh, man. I don't find know. one what? A cult? I don't. Something. I don't, we'll I find don't, something. I don't want to get <laughs> while I'm floating down the river. Okay. I don't squeal very well. <laughs> 
Someone's seen some Rob Zombie movies. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was thinking Dragula. No, I was thinking Deliverance. Oh, I haven't even seen that one. Uh, yeah, that's where they make you squeal like a pig. Yeah, and they take a lot good. from Outlast, the temple that I was just talking about. Oh, really? Yeah, rape is a big fun thing for them. Yikes. I didn't Gosh. see that. I didn't see I that. I cannot believe I'm making deliverance jokes over here and none of these guys got them. Hopefully some <laughs> of our wonderful listeners are laughing at my awful jokes. Well, one of the things that's interesting about this particular cult is like it started in this tiny, isolated town in the middle of Arizona, you said? Uh, yeah, it's uh, so they, they basically. Oh, and they kicked out the indigenous Indians living in Havasupai. They took over a remote portion oh, really? of Havasupai and kicked out the indigenous people. Cursed. Yeah, cursed land. Wow, man. Starts them all, man. Starts that's, them all. That's where the STDs come from. But yeah, so they couldn't get into the area. They're way out in the middle of nowhere uh, to the point where it says that the reporter, the guy you play as is Blake, flies in because there's no way to access it via land transport. Yeah, so it sounds like the government really plays no role in this area. No. Yeah. So that's kind of like, there's a whole section of cults that are like that, where in video games or really anywhere where it's like, they're kind of going to be the new government, the new world order, which in this case, it's not quite that. It's more like they're just isolated enough, but there's some that start that way and move out. Like one I'll, I'll just mention on it here is, um, it's the one from Far Cry 5. It's, what are they called? The Project at Eden's Gate. They basically oh, yeah. start out isolated enough, take control of a region, and then create their own laws and their own rules. But the one I really want to get into is like that on a much larger scale. So you could say that this is more of a secret organization or like a shadow government. But to me, like really all a cult is, is a bunch of people banding around an ideology in an extreme way. Um, and typically they're small because most people kind of like don't buy into that. But that doesn't mean they can't get big. And it's like it seems like a weird thing to just say, well, because they're big and popular among the people, it's not a cult anymore. Yeah. It's like, eh, okay. So You're like people like this, so it's not a cult. Yeah. And I but you need to wear yogurt on your head. That's not something that we're willing to back down on. <laughs> that well that's one of the definitions that we have in our dictionaries. Webster's dictionary defines cults as no, I'm not gonna get on that. Awful. Yeah. So the one I'm wanting to talk about is actually the one and it it carries through the entire Metal Gear series. Um and they start out being called the Wise Men's Council. So I'm going to really simplify this. So uh, I apologize to any huge Metal Gear fans out there if I murder the details or I confuse some things. But, like, let's be real. There's a lot going on with this, and it is all buried deep. Really, no one's going to complain because no one truly understands the Metal Gear universe. <laughs> absolutely. I don't even, absolutely not right. even what's-his-face. The creator understands it completely. He made a masterpiece. It's its own living uh, being, and you just can't fully understand it. Oh, I fully understand that game 100%. Let me just say, I am the best master uh, Metal Gear Solid fan, and the biggest complaint I have, not seeing Raiden scrotum when he does cartwheels. <laughs> yeah, well, there's probably a patch for that. There probably is. <laughs> no, I, but no, that really is. Like, the way you guys have been talking about it, there are so many moving parts in this. There really is so much I didn't even know about this game. I just thought there were big cyborgs that you got to save the world from. Yeah, no, that's it's one of those games I played as a kid, too. And uh, it, there's so much more to it. There's yeah. It's one I need to go back and play, and I'll probably understand it much better now. Yeah, so I'll try and clear up some of that confusion now and just oversimplify here. Let me pull my notes back up. There we go. In the book of Revolva. Not quite. <laughs> so what happens is post-World War I, um, the most wealthy and 
um, powerful and influential people from three major nations decide that they're going to get together and form this secret society. Uh, and the goal and purpose of the secret society is to get away from the constant war and all the, all the problems that that brings and the horror and just all that and kind of get like a unified world. Um, they don't necessarily in the early stages clarify that they're looking to have like a one world government type deal, but they do want to kind of get everyone on the same page to just avoid the unnecessary conflicts. And so with their money and their power, they think they can do it. And that this wise man's council position themselves in a way where their council is so trusted that other nations will rely on their opinion. And so they're able to influence the, go the world governments that way and kind of put their will forth that way. More nudging, not really taking a full control. They at one point decide to pool all of their wealth together. And it's at this point that I think they get the name that they're more traditionally known by, which is the page or the philosophers. Um, and that's because they have all their wealth connected. And basically this is, it looks like it's kind of as world war two is starting to kind of brew up. So they're suspicious that it's going to happen. And the agreement is once the Axis powers are defeated, they'll redistribute that wealth back out amongst themselves. And I don't know if I clarified this. I should now the nations that are involved in the secret group are China Russia and America. So, so you, have, ones. you have the wealthiest and strongest and most powerful people from all of those places in this wise men's council slash the philosophers group. So then world war two happens. And during world war two, let's see all the original members die by the 1930s. And during world war two, some stuff goes on and I'm not going to get too much into detail here, but basically what happens is there starts to be kind of a contention or like a shift in viewpoint where originally they were set up to kind of stop war. They now start like trying to profit off of war. And so they start to develop the system to, and what the idea is, is this is how they're going to, we need to be in power. Here's how we're going to get in power. They decide to create a war economy where they can control all the conflicts and the outcomes of those conflicts to ensure that there will be more conflicts so that they can continue to spread their power and then once once that's all happened and they have the war economy going, the, the plan from that point is to take control of all information so that they can, unbeknownst to all the populace, manipulate everyone into having the same ideologies and just being more peaceful in general and basically operating under their new world order. Because at this point, they are trying to be a new world order. Like, we're going to be the world government. When, when did you transition from telling me about Metal Gear Solid to telling me about George W. Bush's campaigning strategies? <laughs> well, that's what makes this cult so fun for me. And the reason, like, because I'm doing a deep dive here, even with just a little bit I'm going on, is that this game is based both in fantasy and in the real world. But they did such a good job of pulling from real history to just make it, like, fun. And then they can point to things later on that are like, these things, things are still happening. Are the Patriots still around? Who's the lizard person? So they changed their strategy, and during the change of that strategy, certain members, and again, the original members are all dead, um, certain members are not happy with this change in direction, so they stage a coup. So you have this guy, Agent Zero, who decides to take over, oh, during World War II, I forgot to mention this, during World War II, they have a difference of opinion, and they split up, and now they're operating as branches. They're no longer operating as like, they kind of are, but they kind of have their own agendas as well. And this is where Cypher takes his opportunity, or Zero takes his opportunity to overtake the American branch. And unbeknownst to the other groups, and, oh crap, I've, I'm missing so much stuff here, guys. I can't even really get into this. Give me one sec. Go ahead and hit a break there, James. 
Gonna break, gonna Let's turn, see. Gonna I missed break, the whole part where they split up. Those facts, gonna get the facts straight. Gonna come right back after this big break. Mm-hmm. Have you guys been feeling left out of all the groups that you belong to? Do you feel like you just don't belong anymore? Well, we have a group for you. Left for dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> we have a group for you. Just join us. All it is is $100 a month. Go to gamesrevealedpodcast.com, and all you have to do is select Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3, one of those, whatever one you feel like you want your salvation to be in. Salvation is either getting ranch-sacked in the ass by... Ranch-sacked? <laughs> by Ocelot. Or pyramid. Okay, go for it. Sorry. No, it's all good. So sorry about that, guys. I kind of lost my way because there's so much stuff here. But essentially, during World War II, what happens is America's working on the Manhattan Project. That project is a project of the American branch of the philosophers. And the other two philosopher groups aren't in agreement that America should have these plutonium bombs. So they try to covertly disrupt the Manhattan Project. And there's... um, this causes an issue with America and they all split up and they're all being petty about it. So now the whole thing becomes these three different branches trying to vie for that combined wealth that they had thrown together and they call it the philosopher's legacy. And America does get it, which is part of why the other two branches are so upset. So America kind of rockets through, becomes the superpower. World War II is over. And this rift between the different branches is what uh, one of the philosopher agents named zero uses to usurp the u.s branch and then he changes that group to cypher so cypher is basically a sleeper cell within the prophecy or the oh not prophecy man the philosophers right so he supersedes that he has a whole bunch of twisted shit going on um he decides that the best way to control information is to create ais so he makes five ais four of them are named after the presidents that are on mount rushmore the fifth one is john doe and that's kind of the main one and through these ais they're going to control all information across the world filter it out and decide what gets redistributed back out meanwhile creating this whole war economy post-world war ii and making sure that they're in charge of how each conflict falls and which conflicts arise um then what ends up happening is people get turned on to Cy- Zero and the group Cypher and their antics. They take it down. They learn about the philosophers. They take down the philosophers. So the patriots go down. The philosophers go down. The wise men's council all goes down. But you have these AIs left and still running shit. And, and people don't know this. And so that's one of the things you find out through the game is that what you're dealing with by the time you're in the, the more um, modern games of, of Metal Gear Solid is that you're basically... Um, trying to fight against these AIs that are secretly running the world. And the guy Zero, when he got um, destroyed and taken out of his position, so to speak, he was infected with a, a virus called Fox Die. And when he realized that he was starting to really fail critically with his health due to that virus, he uploaded, he found a way to upload himself into the AI, not like his actual brain but like his intentions and goals so that even though he passes away, the intentions of the, the Patriot organization will be fulfilled through this AI system. He just became a mockingbird. So it's, it's like, <laughs> and they do. So the, the important things to note here, the two things the cult does to ensure that they are able to be in power and that no one's finds about them is they've developed nuclear technology. They were the ones that pushed forward in all military technologies and they've developed something called nanotechnology and they use this nanotechnology, um, as a way to like monitor vital organs, enhance people's abilities. Like you can see through your eyes 
in the eyes of any other members in your unit. And those are specialized versions of nanomachines for the military. And just allows you to function as a unit better because you have more perception of field. You can operate as one. Data is being transferred between your guys' nanomachines. Um, but what they don't tell you is, as this gets out into civilization, they use it to manipulate and control your mind to the point where if you try and say the name the Patriots, the nanomachines will override your brain and force you to say Lali Lalu. So that there is no record and no way to find out about this secret group. Huh. And it's just it's the thing that I like the most about this is it takes the classic cult idea, modernizes it, throws in all that shadow government stuff, Illuminati style, all the really fun stuff that everyone likes to get all conspiracy theory about that does involve cults, that does involve like just really nefarious things happening. And then it uses our own history, U.S. history and world history to kind of set the stage for how this all came to be. And then one of the things that happens that I love just to end it all is when they finish everything off, they say, now that that organization's gone, there's probably others that will step in to fill that void uh, now that that void of power is empty. He's like, if you don't think that we're going to continue to feel the effects of what's been done by the Patriots, look at Hollywood and how they censor everything that comes out of there. And then he, there's kind of this fan theory. I don't know that's alluded to in the games, but there's this fan theory that somehow points to the UN as being the most likely to be the next kind of group that isn't what they seem to be that would take over those kind of nefarious plots. And I just love that. I was like, this is such a cool, there's so much to dig into. Like, I could literally f do five podcasts about it. I'm over here waiting to hear the rest of Metal Gear Solid, and all I'm hearing is the Bush years. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Going to war with Afghanistan. Okay, great. Tell me more about Bush. <laughs> oh, that's what's so great, dude, is I told you all that and haven't even touched on, like, what you do as the Metal Gear. I mean, obviously yeah. you stop them, but, yeah. like, oh, Metal Gear is just a crazy game. That's the weird part about that game is that the Metal Gear is the um, giant mechs, essentially, right? The giant robots. And but then what? it has so much lore behind it. Because you're like, oh, it's another Japanese Gundam game. So I should point that out. That's what the cult uses to hold everyone by their throat and make sure that they main power no matter what. They've created these bipedal um, robot nuclear warhead launchers, but they don't require rocket power. And so they're able to throw a nuke into any nation um, without a radar picking up on it. And that's like the whole benefit of, of that uh, Metal Gear. Yeah. Japanese Gundams. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think it's funny that that's what you find in those, and uh, I've yet to pilot one. <laughs> you think yeah. you'd be flying those around a little bit more, but you, you never do. You do in the fourth one for a okay, little bit. Apparently, yeah. you do in the fourth one. You got little robots throughout the fourth hey, and the fifth one. I how believe. many hours does it take from one to four before you're flying that son of a bitch? Too many hours. Okay, you know how many hours it took me to get my learner's permit. <laughs> Double that, and you should let me fly one of those sons of bitches. We gotta let the Google guys figure out that someone's <laughs> someone's gonna jump in the discussion eventually and be like, "This many hours." I'm like, "Yeah, for thanks, Mister Owl." <laughs> <laughs> one, a two, a three, a three hundred seventy-five hours. Oh shit! He came with the facts. He came with the facts. <laughs> the facts. <laughs> oh, that that game is so complicated, and that series like that is. It is really almost like a cult at times that just breaks apart multiple times. Like There's like cults within the cults, too. It's so crazy. Well, that's how it is with a lot of these religions, too. I didn't even go through some of the subcults, you know, like um, coming to think of that, like the circle in, in uh, Unitology. 
And then the order, I believe, even has some uh, subcults to it, like some subgroups, and where they have a little bit different agendas. And so, and that's kind of how cults work, though. They break off. They branch off. There's a lot of modern-day religions and cults that were created in the past two, 300 years where they have massive branches of diversions from ideology, essentially, is usually what happens, or they don't agree with... Um, power transfer and stuff like that. So it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy and it's definitely to see which ones win because it sounds like in Metal Gear, it's some break off, some win, they become the group almost. Yeah, there's a lot of evolution uh, from its humble beginning, so to speak. And also way more things happen that give a more clear picture of what I tried to convey to you guys um, in, in the gameplay and in the lore even that really make all of that make more sense. It was kind of a lot of information to just kind of dump out there, but... That's the thing about Metal Gear, dude, is not only are every one of those games hard to get the full picture of what was going on in that game, but then you look at the series and you're like, how did these all string together? And you're just like, dude, it's so, so deep, so rich. There's inconsistencies. It's a video game. It's not perfect, but it does a great job of giving me enough to be able to buy into it. And for the duration of the gameplay of that game, like, be like, oh, what is going on with the world right now? Everything's crazy. I got to stop these guys. This isn't a good cult. <laughs> <laughs> they, it kind of paranoids me, to be honest, because some things that they do in there, I'm like, mm, that's, that's probably possible. Mm -hmm. And that freaks me out a little bit. Cause like with the AI's controlling content flow and stuff like that, if you, uh, if you can attach some devices to our network, you could filter some of those out. It'd be hard, but you could do it. <laughs> So, like, somewhere with the line that goes between America and Europe, just put a little device on top of that cord. Yeah. You could Just a marker. The big one running across marker. the ocean floor that's like... Red marker, black marker, doesn't matter, just put it there. A little marker. <laughs> I just imagine you creating markers, like, and you get a marker, you get a marker, just handing out markers, <laughs> thinking that they're going to do something, but they're just these plastic little markers. Maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe I'll start 3D printing or making some little metal markers, bring some hella good super glue, and just start putting markers <laughs> everywhere I travel to. Be like, that would be awesome, actually. All for you. Join my cult. <laughs> Join my cult, and I'll turn you into a blade-wielding meat monster. Mm -hmm. uh, who wouldn't want that? I like meat. I like blades. So there was another one I wanted to mention that I won't. I mean, I'm going to say the name, but it was, I could not come up with a way to explain it succinctly. But Edited there's a group out. called Ormus in the game Xenosaga, um, who has a fronting company called Utic that's like, it's the same organization, but that's the business side and there's the religion side. And it's just a lot. Because you have to like understand the belief system and the perception of the galaxy because it's, it's a space odyssey. So technically the world, but we'll, we'll say galaxy because it's more accurate. Like you have to really understand like that this is accepted as scientific truth in that game where this religion slash cult is built out of. So you can't really explain it in a way that you can do quickly without really getting into that trilogy. Yeah, no, it's there's so many that we could have chose to like even right before we did the podcast. Mm -hmm. I was like. Uh, it's kind of a almost cultish like in uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. They have it's a little. It's not. I wouldn't. I'd say it's more of a religion, and it's not too freaky. But there's just so many out there. Oh yeah, like uh, we definitely chose the scarier ones because yeah. you know Halloween being the 
the holiday. And it's not because religion's that. scary. It's because these ones. Yeah. These ones are scary. These ones have been fun. Mm-hmm. But I have a quick question for you guys. If you had to be the good guy in any of these games fighting these cults, which one would it be? Oh, the good guy fighting, huh? The good guy fighting. And and I know we kind of touched on this with Dead Space a little bit, uh, but but for all of them. So maybe omit Dead Space since we've already kind of talked about it. But, like, who would you rather be uh, in in this podcast, the good guy fighting the bad? Definitely. And, and, and you're doing it the same way that it's played. So, like, you don't get to bring a shotgun into Outlast. I was going to say, I wouldn't choose Outlast. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I... Uh, I would probably, I, I, for me, I'll answer it for myself, uh, Resident Evil, because it's not like a global, like, they could, they very well could take over the world, but it seems like they're just dumb enough that you can make, make it away. Not counting Umbrella Corps or any of that other stuff continuing on their, their, their research and trying to make them into bioweapons, but, like, just purely stopping the Los, the Los Illuminados, I think I'd go that route. I think I would choose to be Leon. Because I know I have a, a weapon, you know, I know I have an arsenal in a way that to stop them. I don't just have to uncover the story and bring out the truth, which is what you're doing as the reporter in Outlast. That's kind of how you beat them in there. So I think I would go for Resident Evil only because it, it, it seems a little bit more manageable. You get to go see some cool places and get your passport stamped. Ka-cha-cow! Save the ladies that annoy the shit out of you and shoot guns. <laughs> And and freedom, you know. I mean, it'd be that or Fallout, the Fallout series. Where really, with the bomb? With the well, you're fighting against them. That doesn't take much because in Fallout Three, you don't fight up against them. But what if they? What if they set it off and you die? Um. What if you lose? I think if you sh- actually, I think in the third one, if you do shoot the bomb, it will blow up. But I think you die anyway, so you just start from your last save. Yeah, but no, you don't get saves. You get one shot. Oh wait, 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 wait! You no, can no, blow no. it up if you're far enough away with the nuke launcher. Yeah, you send your own little fat boy out there. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think you can it. sabotage it. I think, yeah, it, yeah, in yeah, yeah, you can have it in go that off. town. You can actually set it off and blow up the whole town. Yeah, because I think that's one of the quests. It is that's right, and you can't yep. visit it again. You can't have better foreshadowing than naming the town Nuketown. <laughs> no, it's Magneton. Oh, is yeah. it Nuketown? Is, no, no. I was Magneton. thinking the one. I was thinking the one in the Call but of Magneton, Duty. Magneton, that's still basically yeah. right there. So yeah, I'd I'd go for Resident Evil. So James, you're sticking with Fallout, huh? Nah, that, that nuke is just between too scary those for two. Me. Yeah, I, I I well, I agree. It's just if you're not really if you're the protagonist, the children of the Adam really aren't antagonists unless you're in the fourth one. Yeah, that's true. But that'd probably be it. What well, you got, Shag? Who if you I'm choosing, I'm probably choosing Dead Space because it's such an obvious global enemy. It's not something that you have to, like, sit around in a courthouse afterwards and justify why you defended yourself. Why did you kill that meat monster? Yeah. Strike that guy, yourself. yeah, a plant grew out of his head, but it was still a guy before the plant grew out of his head. So, And then uh, you're like, I don't know how to defend against that. <laughs> why did you kill the chainsaw-wielding Illuminados? He's trying to cut me in half. Well, why is like, that's what just a magician. Why does Ashley have so many lacerations and she's in love with you now? Why? Yeah, why? <laughs> well, you can't explain. Oh, yeah, parasites did it, huh? Yeah, parasites. Sure. Where are sure. they? And take they a, came whipping around. Take Parasite Eve as example, or Silent Hill as an example here, man. It's like there's no guarantee that that's not an uh, imagination. So, you know, you might wake up having murdered everyone and they're all just normal people. You were having a, a crazy moment where you just weren't perceiving reality correctly. So Dead Space seems like the safest bet. 
But at least with Final Fantasy, you you don't have a choice. In Final Fantasy, part of the reason the character fights the main enemy is because he's infected with those cells and feels a compulsion to track Sephiroth down. But he's so strong in will that he's able to, in portions and in moments, like maintain who he is and try and fight against it. So like in that one, you don't really have a choice. You're just going to fight the bad guy. Guess that's not bad. And he wins. What if you What if you try and be friends with the bad guy? Then you both go to the promised land, baby. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so, to finish the, everything off with the spookiest, scariest question I could ask. And I'm going to find a way to make this real. So, whatever choice you make <laughs> is going to be you get. your reality soon. Fantastic. If you had a choice. VR. Or if you had to choose between one of the religions slash cults that we talked about today, which one would you choose? Chris. Christopher Shagwa. I mean, like if I have to choose one, and you're in it for the long haul, yeah. you're gonna be you're gonna be s in the preacher's d. You're gonna be doing. You're gonna go visit the members. You're gonna do it all. This you're gonna is, be this is the one where I'll worship man. a bomb. A bomb would be pretty cool. Yeah, that just seems like I don't feel like but I don't then, know. I don't know the, the details of their religion. The yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know the details of their religion. But I don't see too many things that are like you can't do these things. And that's more what I'm concerned about. I just want him to be free. <laughs> <laughs> but father, I don't want to be a child of the atom. I'd also put in like what time frame for me, you know, like with unitology, if it was maybe in the beginning portions, it yep. would be pretty solid because <laughs> yep. it takes a couple, what, yep. 100, 200, 300 years, something yeah, like that. A few hundred years before yeah. you're really uh, regretting into, your decision. Exactly. I wish I wouldn't have been uh, just a unitologist for the last bit. I think Outlast and the Order definitely off my list, though. I would not want any part of the Outlast uh, purely because of what's going on in that religion. Yeah. A lot of incest. Yeah. And uh, I've seen what my brothers and sisters look like. They're not attractive, so oh I'm Oh, my out. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. That's funny. I'll say this: Unitology is a pretty good pick, but I'm not joining that cult until they get a better, uh, better branding. I, I can't handle the name. I don't feel like they're marketed well. <laughs> it just, doesn't like two I'm phallic just not symbols wrapping in around it. each other. Oh, I'm definitely in Unitology for me. <laughs> Double stakes. <laughs> I want twin dragons. <laughs> no, I would go. I'd go Unitology, uh, especially if I got to pick my time frame. Uh, but then if I didn't get to pick my time frame, for the most part, they don't. it doesn't seem like you're really getting abused or anything throughout the whole thing. Like, there is the circle, and they're doing their little hidden shit to try and make it all happen. But for the most part, members are just like, yeah, hook us up with some money and uh, enjoy all these benefits. So mm. it's literally like just shell some money, and hopefully you're not getting dicked down. Not literally dicked down, but like, you know. Yeah, I guess it's funny to me because I don't... The grunt level. At the end of this, I don't see all that many differences between, like, secret organizations, gangs, and cults. It's like, I guess cults have more of a religious premise that's obvious, but it's like, it's still kind of your morality and your uh, ideology that's guiding you in your extremism in any one of these formats. I'm just so really, they're kind of just all the same thing. Well, with a cult and with a religion, it's usually about control, and they can control you with a paradise or with what God wants. There's a lot of... Yeah, if you, if you don't do this, you don't get to go gangs, to the special place. I would probably say gangs go more for you try to work your way up in the hierarchy. That's usually how it works, so you're subservient, you're fine being that. In, in gangs? 
Yeah, in games. So you can get your tattoo teardrop. Exactly. You know, you're just... You're, I took out my you're, necromorph. You're, you're, you're part of a gang. You feel like you're uh, a part of something, but then you're also trying to work your way up, is how I understand a lot of gangs. And then what was the third one? So oh, I can like secret just orders, totally shadow wrong. governments, that kind of thing. That's all just power. What what that can you do power. to further our organization, and yeah. then you can be Which, higher up? All of it does re- revolve around power, but it's how that power is. And I would say the scariest one is a cult or a religion. You're gonna have the most fanatic people from those. Yeah. I think historically, religion and affairs of state have always been f- like really closely tied almost everywhere. It's kind of a newer aspect of human history to kind of move away from that and separate those things out. And that may be why. I'm, j- I'm just saying that as a yeah. possible explanation for why it tends to be associated with religion. The, well, I mean, other than the definition of the word basically says, because there are other words to explain these other ones, like literally shadow yeah. organization, secret order. but Cult. Religion, I mean, obviously if you're two kinda, separate things. If you're kind of throwing them all in your bag of tricks and you pull any one of those out, like effectively the result's the same. So it's like whatever. They're all they're all just out causing problems for everyone else. So uh, the real key, though, and what I'm most curious to hear from our listeners, who what you dressing up for on Halloween? I'm gonna That's, I'm gonna I'm, wear a panda. Hat. Not you, not you, you dirty turds. The listeners. Oh. So email shag at shag at I don't give a F. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, we got discussions up on the website and stuff like that. Why don't you find a random place to put a put a what you're wearing for Halloween? I'm going to be wearing one of our listeners. Nothing. What are you I wearing? I got a meat mask. I got a meat mask. It's on its, it's, on its way. One of, our, one of our ex listeners. Oh, no. They used to listen, He's but now you'll to, listen through their alive. ears. He's just on my face. <laughs> what are you, one of the witches from The Witcher, just putting ears up everywhere? I want to hear what they're saying about me. <laughs> they think I look fat in this tunic. <laughs> you think I don't know what's going on in this podcast? I have ears everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Too, uh, it's just... <laughs> You oh my god! <laughs> James is just over here contemplating on do do I even want to be friends with these guys anymore? <laughs> they make me feel awful <laughs> about humanity. <laughs> so, with that being said, any last things you want to say? Anything before we just let this go to rest? Uh, very scary. Definitely a religion when it comes to religion and video games, especially horrorish games where it's gonna go bad. That usually heightens the terror for me, so definitely a key indicator for there. Definitely going to start paying attention to a lot more lore mm. when it comes to these things, because Outlast 2 alone, disgusting, <laughs> disgusting what you find out what that sick piece of shit is doing in there. So very interesting. Pay attention to the lore, guys, because you might just get grossed out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just got to read that manuscript. Yeah, and then you might have a great idea. For starting your own cult. So, you know, you never know where inspiration's going to come from. Outlast 2. Cult simulator. Cult yeah. simulator. And my whole thing is just that there were so many that we could have chosen. Um, but let's be real. A lot of the games that those ran, some of us probably haven't played. And on top of that, there's no way to cover them all. So we, we covered yeah. the ones that stood out to us through our gameplay histories and that we really enjoyed. That doesn't mean there aren't other great ones or even better ones out there. But these are the ones that we're familiar with and that we remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which is a better one, tell the us. The Witcher universe has... Um, some religions that are, you know, they're mm. pretty gruesome. And we did and, mention Far Cry 5, which has an excellent, excellent modern representation of, like, a cult in its truest definition. Yeah. Eden's Gate, Heaven's Gate. Relation, People's Gate. I think so. I think People's it's... it's Montana. 
Montana alone's a cult <laughs> that I would like to be in, uh, in introduced to. So please help me. <laughs> so we might have more content for future episodes, but please go to gamesrevealed.com, find our podcast there, or you can find it in the description below on this podcast and give us a comment of what you, which of the religions that we just talked about, which one would you want to be a part of? Or if forced to be a part of it, you wouldn't want to be a part of any of these, but which one you choose if you had to. So leave a comment there and we will talk to you guys next time. This is James. And I'm Tyson. And I'm Shagwo. And you guys have a great day. Peace out. Later. Hey everyone. This is James here. Just here to promote some awesome merch. You can check out one of our best items, which is the bunny bitten hat at shop.com bunnystrike.com or you can uh, find a link on our website at gamesrevealed.com you can also check out quizzes articles and additional podcasts there and you can also add to the discussion so if you have something to add about the let's say the podcast whether you liked it didn't like it or what your thoughts on the game are please go there and just make a comment we love definitely love positive feedback but if you have some constructive feedback please leave it uh you can find links also in the description of the podcast so what are you waiting for get going to one of the best up-and-coming websites that has new features every week okay catch you guys later